You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. International success coach and noted author, Constance Arnold, delivers life-changing strategies through her own spiritual practices, as well as with best-selling authors and experts that she interviews. Think, Believe, and Manifest is specially designed to empower your mind and words to work for you and to bring about a life you've been dreaming of. And now, here's Constance Arnold. Well, hello, Powerful Creator. Welcome to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Guess what? I'm so happy, so excited, so grateful, so thankful that you made a decision today to join me from all over the world. And I believe that it is a setup and that you have been attracted to the show so that you can receive uh, just what you've been searching for, what you've been thinking about all week long. So uh, open up your heart and open up your spirit and get ready to receive. Well, how is everybody doing today? Good morning, good afternoon, uh, good evening, whatever time you're listening, it is certainly the right time. Well, of course, I am Constance Arnold, and uh, it is a hot and humid day here in the ATL. I'm looking out of my beautiful window, and um, we are experiencing summertime here uh, in the South, but all is well. Well, I want to give a shout out to everybody who's been following me on social media Hey guys, if you follow me on social media, you get a whole different version, right? <laughs> oh my goodness, my assistant is waiting for me to dance, but I'm like, I'm going to break out in the dance on TikTok one of these days. But uh, what I love about it is that I upload three minute inspirational how-tos, motivational videos for you on um TikTok, Instagram, uh, YouTube, and Facebook. So if you want to follow me on TikTok and Instagram, it's Law of Attraction Constance. And Facebook is Coach with Constance. And my YouTube is Constance Arnold. And so, you know, when you can see things visually, it's a lot different, right? And of course, you can follow me on Twitter. Well, where do I want to start? I got a great guest today, uh, Mr. Richard Chu, and he's going to be talking about can you live a, a, a life of well-being even when uh, illness might be there, finances might not be right, and he's going to share some spiritual principles around that, and I want to see if I can answer a listener's question, but I wanted to invite you. I'm going to be doing my shows a little different because I love teaching you. I love bringing on great guests, but I want to really coach you in real time. So to me, it's going to look like if you have a question or a situation and you would like for me to coach you, then let's do it. Uh, email me, no matter what it is, uh, at Constance at fulfillingyourpurpose.com. And uh, you don't need to just come on and share uh, principles. Just come on and ask me your question. And, and uh, in answering your question, I'm going to help other people. You know why? Because even though the teaching is phenomenal and great, I really would like to be really more specific with you. 
So in a way, you, you'll be getting some free coaching. So email me at Constance at fulfillingyourpurpose.com and say, Constance, I'm raising my hand. I, I, I want to come on your show and ask the question, just doing things just a little differently so that you can really uh, get what you need. And so somebody asked me a question and I'm gonna answer it, but I would much rather be talking to you in person. And they just wanted to know what would just be one thing that I could say to them. And you know, that's not an easy question to answer, but I'm gonna say this. I'm going to say, watch your thinking, that 95% of what we think every day are the same old thoughts. So if you are thinking the same old thoughts, you're going to be creating the same thing. That's why Dr. Joe Dispenza says that when you begin to bring uh, your future vision or your future dream and our intention into the nowness of your life and you begin thinking about that because if you're thinking the same thing every day you're really thinking about your past so can you bring can you get clear about what you want and then begin to bring that present future into the now of your life begin thinking about that, uh, begin feeling that, begin talking and imagining that, not knowing how, what are you doing? You're thinking different thoughts. So the, the example that I could give this listener would be, if you've been thinking every day, oh my God, I, I hate going to work. I don't like my boss and they're not paying me enough money. And I'm so bored with this job. If you keep thinking that you're going to keep creating that because life is happening through you, not to you. Life is happening to your I amness. Your manifestations come through. I am bored. I hate this job. I don't have a good job. So your manifestations come through. I have this and I am this. So I would say to this listener, change your thinking about your life and bring more of what you do desire into your daily life. Uh, at nighttime, I think I shared this on one of my platforms, at nighttime, uh, just before you go to sleep and get in that theta state, we know that when we are conscious, we're in the what? Beta state. So uh, just before you drop out to see, sleep, begin to see yourself being, doing, and having the thing that you desire. You don't have to know how, you just have to know what you want and why you want it. So that would be what I, I would say. You know, we really underrate thinking. But thinking is the beginning of all manifestation. Thinking precedes, comes before everything that you desire. So essentially, get clear about what you want. Bring that future into your everyday thinking when you start thinking like uh, if your future is one of abundance and prosperity, uh, when you start thinking, oh, I'm sick. Uh, yeah, I know I hurt my toe a couple of weeks ago. You know, 
I said, wow, I never knew how important a little baby toe was. <laughs> but when you start thinking about, oh my God, I'm sick. I just made a decision. Oh boy, I tell you what, 99.999% of my body feels great. God, thank you for my healing. Thank you for the healing of my toe. And now I can wear my heels again and, and everything. So it begins with your thinking. That's a good place. That's one thing that you could do. Uh, if you don't want it in your life, don't think it. If you catch yourself thinking thoughts, uh, just gently go back and begin to think about only what you desire. That would be my tip to that listener. I hope it helps you also. And before we uh, go to break, I want to remind you that I'm collaborating with the one and only Jane Sterling. You know, he created Sterling Stock Pickers, which is a software program. Uh, it's really powerful. And now uh, he has a free light version where you don't uh, have to just uh, really experience it for, for 14 days. Uh, you can experience it and just see what it looks like, what it feels like, you know, sort of tap into the way the website is organized. And I tell you, I was talking to somebody just this week who took their 401k uh, and gave it to somebody else to manage. And because she just didn't understand this the stock market. And she said, boy, I wish I had known Jaden Sterling then. You know, Jaden, everybody, um, uh, he is a multimillionaire and has helped so many people uh, make millions. And what I want to say to you is, you've heard me say this before, he has said anyone who subscribes to sterlingstockpicker.com, I tell you what, He's going to actually talk to you for 20 minutes. So you're going to have a one-on-one -on -one with a multimillionaire. And I always say all you need is one idea, one insight, one revelation. And, and you know, once you are on the site, I mean, uh, you get all kind of juicy stuff. They send out just different stocks that you should purchase every day according to your own values and they have a stock community and it's really exciting and it puts you into a different vibration and a different way of thinking I remember Jane said big money likes big ideas and so he's a big money man so if you've been struggling financially if you're if you're just tired of working and you know that there's a higher way and a bigger way, why not step out of your uh, comfort zone? It's absolutely free. You can go and give it a, a good trial and just feel it. And I believe that it's going to bring wealth to you. This time next year, where would you be financially if you took advantage of this great opportunity? You know, I don't collaborate with anyone unless they're walking in integrity. So everybody go ahead. Go to his website right now and just take advantage of that free light version, sterlingstockpicker.com. So everybody, let's take a deep breath in. Come on, come on. Let's let it out. One more time, deep breath in. Let it out. We're going to open ourselves to receive all of the wisdom knowledge and practical insight that we need for our lives 
So everybody stay tuned. Are you feeling stuck? Are you ready to live a life beyond your wildest dream? Constance Arnold is a seasoned and experienced professional licensed counselor for 25 years and a certified success life coach and would love to partner with you to create your dreams. She's coached and trained over 10,000 clients on five continents and has a proven track record of success. Constance will assist you in getting a clear vision for your life and develop customized strategies, projects, and action steps to begin manifesting your dream. Contact her today at Constance at fulfillingyourpurpose.com and visit her website at fulfillingyourpurpose.com. Well, everybody, I'm back and I'm excited about our show today. You know, I believe that God always sends just who we need and what we need to hear. And so this man is so accomplished. I'm going to read all about him. Um, So my very special guest is Mr. Richard Chu, and he has more than 20 years of experience teaching stress management and wellness for corporate clients and at Bellevue Hospital in New York. For my international listeners, it is the flagship of the New York City a hospital system. So in his book, Living Well with Chronic Illness, he's going to give us some spiritual and some practical uh, guides that we can use and that will help us live a full life regardless of our age, our status, and what's going on. So he is an ordained uh, Catholic a deacon, and he's also a chaplain at that hospital. But I want to read this part about him. Uh, He is an economist who created the economic plan, transforming Taiwan into a modern economy. He is a neuro... uh, a psychologist who received a U.S. patent for inventing a method for improving vision. So we are really blessed today. We're going to learn a lot about stress, wellness, well-being. So Richard, welcome to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. Well, thank you. And I just wanted not to insult the psychologist. I'm a neurosophist. You're a neurosophist. When I I read it, I'm like, I didn't say that one right. Thank you. (laughs) All right. I didn't want them to get mad at me. (laughs) When I read it, I'm like, okay. I lost one of my contacts, Richard, so I've got my glasses on and still can't see too good. But thank you so much for that sweet correction. And uh, you're in New York. Yes, that's correct. In Manhattan. Okay, well, we need what you have to share. So you're going to be talking to us. Before we get to that, you've lived a full life. And for people who are watching this, Richard is 85 years young. And I ask him, what are you drinking? <laughs> you, know, <laughs> what you, you know, what's your secret? And he's going to help us with that. So you have been, you have been living a full life, Richard. Yes, I think I'm in my seventh career, depending on how you count careers. <laughs> <laughs> I've also been a captain of an uh, engine company in the fire department, uh, did 800 fires. I was an EMT instructor and did 2,000 EMT responses, in addition to working uh, gainfully. <laughs> so it's been, you know, the thing is, you learn from your interactions with other 
people. If you listen to them, then I grow. Mm -hmm. Because I see, oh, look at that situation. So please uh, ask away and I'm here. Okay, so let's talk about how can you live well with, with chronic illness, a practical spiritual guide. So let me just tell, uh, share a quick story with you, Richard. I guess about three weeks ago, my listeners know this. I don't know if I broke my baby toe, fractured it. I hit it up against a chair. And you know, you know how you normally hit your toe. You just, the next mm -hmm. day, everything is fine. But then, you know, my doctor said, we can't do anything for that baby toe it has to heal itself. And I didn't realize how much pain it was, but then how much of my attention went to my baby toe because I could hardly walk. I couldn't walk that good, couldn't wear my heels. So I, I, I could understand how people with chronic illness would really be focused in on their pain. So what would you say to people? Okay. I think that one of the problems of chronic illness is you're constantly under the care of healthcare providers mm -hmm. and you be, you start to lose your personality. You start to lose your ego because you become like a dummy where other people are controlling your movements and you need to regain yourself, self-respect and take control of your life. So you control that part of life in coordination with your healthcare providers. And the basic message of that, that, that's not my latest book. My latest book just came out in May, but that book in 2013 said, uh, get rid of your negative emotions. They're like stones in a backpack on your back. And I talk about uh, different kinds of emotions, uh, anger, uh, you know, all the ones that you and I can think of. I don't want to take up your time, but they're there. And the idea is to let go, just let go of them because I think one of the images I had was like a person who's focused on certain negative thoughts. You know, my brother-in-law did something to me when I, uh, eight years ago, and, and it's like walking in a circle in soft soil. You get mm -hmm. deeper and deeper. Pretty soon you can't get, see over the edge to where the world is. Get rid of it. And I show, I talk about how to get rid of it. Uh, it's basically, you have to take control of your life and say, okay, this is where I am. This is where I'm going. Um, uh, there's a famous Admiral Nimitz, I believe, during World War II, and he was so successful. He says, I never look back. I mm -hmm. look forward where we're going. And I think that's, that's critical. And then in the back of that book, it's, it's an old book now, it's 2013, but there are 10 things on what to do to live your life daily. And one of them is just live it. Uh, you know, <laughs> do something, have fun. Do something that's fun each day, even for 10 minutes, reading a comic book, watching a video, whatever. Do something that's fun for 10 minutes that lifts you out of whatever you are. So that's kind of the, basically get rid of your negative uh, emotions. I want to unpack that a little bit because a lot of times, um, you know, people, if you're going through something and, you know, in the law of attraction where we say that thoughts become things and whatever you emotionally feel all day long is going to take over your life. So how do people get rid of anger? You know, they, they might be angry because they've been sick or sad or depressed. What would you say to that? And I love the analogy of it's like you carrying a backpack with like rocks on your back walking around. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, there are a number of things you can do is uh, 
I have taught ways of reducing stress. Uh, but I think the most valuable thing that can be done by anybody, even those who are non-ambulatory, mm -hmm. but can use a phone is volunteer and do something for someone else. Mm -hmm. You know, a senior who's locked in, call, call, say hi. Hi, hi, uh, Susie. What's going on? Uh, did you, you know, are you watching? You know, that phone call breaks through their, uh, that circle, that fence of isolation, doing something else. For those who are ambulatory, get out and do something. As soon as you start thinking about volunteering, you're thinking about others. And that takes your thoughts away from yourself. And when I go into the hospital or into the hospice, I come out with a sense of relief because I can walk out, mm. the patients cannot. And that, that sense of, oh, look where I am. There are always gonna be others who are not as well off, however you, meant, you know, mentally or physically or financially, and those who are doing better. So just accept who you are. And I think you, you said something that's very important to me as a neurophysiologist. The psychological site, the brain, Hmm. takes in all these senses of what's going around and has all this murmuring says, oh, there's my brother-in-law. I hate him. You know? hmm. And that converts into hormones, which are transmitted into the body and stimulates what we call the fight or flight uh, uh, actions. And that fight or flight generates all kind of energy and stuff that's not good for you. It stresses you. Uh, for instance, give you an example. Okay. Someone who's stressed, someone who's stressed and says, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't eat any animal products. I'm a vegan. What they call, I think it's called vegan, right? Mm -hmm. uh, um, and uh, I eat all the right things. I eat all the healthy things. But if you're stressed out, what happens is the stress reduces the blood flow to your gastric system, guess, and you don't digest properly. So even no matter what you're eating, you quote, according to everyone that's healthy, you're not healthy because of the stress, you can't digest things properly. So I look at it both from a physiology standpoint and a psychological standpoint and say, let's deal with the stress, let's get it down. Uh, and part of that are some techniques. If you know how to take your blood pressure, you know, your pulse, you take uh -huh. your pulse. And there, there are little, there are little things that can be done that are very simple that can help person reduce their stress. The idea, if your mind is less stressed, okay, there are two things I say about wellness. Okay. Two sentences: a calm mind and a peaceful heart. Oh. The mind, the mind part is psychological, and the heart is the cardiovascular, where most of our problems exist. If you can do those two things by reducing your stress, you will be able to look at the world as it is and say, this is how I fit in and look at yourself. I think that is one of my great offerings to people is to, you need, there are two themes I was suggesting for your audience. One is listen to your body. Your body talks to you. It we does. We, but we ignore that. Oh, you know, that, that, that kind of uh, pain I have in my chest, well, I'll just ignore it. it probably, I probably stretched the muscle but it's been mm -hmm. there four months, it's getting stronger. I'll just ignore it. We rationalize very well. <laughs> you know, so we listen to our body, both the psychological and the physiological, the, the body part. And the other thing is loving yourself. I just wrote a paper on empowerment, which is empowerment for all peoples of all ages. But the problem of empowerment, which is giving yourself the right to do something, is first, you have to understand who you are warts and all because the problem of evaluating yourself takes us back to mistakes and 
our parents, our school, our society, our employers, they don't want you to make mistakes. So we're always afraid of making mistakes, but that's how we grow from our mistakes. If you learn from it, you keep with growing. It's called maturity, <laughs> <laughs> but it's really just growing up by saying, okay, this is who I am. And then if you recognize yourself you, as, as love, true love, where you, you trust yourself, you understand who you are, then you can turn to others. But if you're hiding yourself, you know, this facade, oh, this is who I am, uh, how can you truly be uh, uh, love others? Love in the sense of sharing thoughts and supporting them. So, sorry. Oh, oh, no, that's good. That's good. And so I love it because love is the highest and the most powerful vibration mm -hmm. in the earth. And so when, when listeners are loving themselves, then they can love others. Mm -hmm. And can I just go, mention something? Oh, go ahead. Uh, I'll just go to show. Uh, I don't know if uh, you were told that I just released a new book called Love Letters from Janie. 167 letters she handwrote when we were engaged in 1960. And in one of the sections, she talks about trust. Her letters were like a diary. She just said everything that day that came to mind. And one of the things was she said, someone just gave me a, a feedback about myself and I realized I've been carrying this facade around, but I'm able to tell you everything because I trust you. And that's mm -hmm. how our marriage started, which lasted uh, 54 years. Wow. Uh, so that I, I think that is uh, love is about trust. And then I define in my new book, I define the four stages of love. Uh, 60%, 40% of people, marriages never reach the fourth stage. Come on, give us the, even though that's, uh, even though that's different, give us those four stages real quick. Okay. You, you, you can't tease us like oh, that, Richard. Okay. Come on. Yeah, great. I'm trying to remember it. I'm looking at the book. I said, <laughs> the, first, the first stage is the, the emotional, the hormonal. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm so in love with that guy. Oh, she's gorgeous. I've got to be with her forever. That emotional, that first, what we call puppy love. Mm -hmm. But Freud said puppy love has more, much is much deeper than we think. It's just not more than puppy love. So, but that, that first attraction to each other is basically hormonal. Oh, she's gorgeous. I want to be with her. She, you know, all these things that we say about each other at that first stage. And then the next stage is kind of a confirmation of where we are, uh, our relationship. So it's usually traditionally called engagement. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you give the ring. And it's a formal statement by the groom to the bride-to-be. I want to be with you and I'll be with you. The traditional third stage is a wedding which in front of an audience, people give their vows, we're gonna to be together for life. Excuse me, I'm a deacon. I do marriages, I do counsel. Mm -hmm. And when people come back and say, I'm out of here, I say, what are you out of? You made a vow. Well, what's a vow? I say, it's known as a promise. Mm -hmm. So that the third stage is the wedding in front of people. The fourth stage is the hardest, where you trust the other person so much, you know they've got your back, no matter how, bad it gets they will be with you and 40 percent of the people don't do that wow here so it's that is so good so those are the four stages and when you see a couple that has each other's back i call the fourth stage you know they will be there whether it's chronic illness or if one person commits a horrible crime the other person will stay with them because that's god's, good. Love, is, god's love is complete 
you know, uh, so that's how I approach. So I get kind of get mixed up between being a deacon and all these other things. Well, well, you know, we appreciate that. At the end of the show, we're going to talk about how you can get his new book. So you mentioned love a lot and, and all my listeners know that I'm a Christian. So when somebody is feeling really stressful or going through a, 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 a illness, how is it that they can really understand and tap into the love of God that's in them and around them because a lot of time when we're not feeling good physically we're just like why is this happening to me where is God I don't feel God what advice would you give to people who might be not feeling really great or who might have um, possibly some, some some siblings or some other folk in their family who may not be in be feeling well how can they feel and tap into the love of god uh let me tell you a little funny story okay uh, you know uh, a deacon is a clergy in the catholic church okay and even when we're at non-religious events people say oh deacon can i talk to you you know and i was at a cocktail party with a cocktail in my hand enjoying mm -hmm. myself and this lady walks to me and says deacon i'm mad at god <laughs> that really teed me off Mm -hmm. <laughs> in the of a cocktail party, I said, go ask, listen to what God is saying to you. And don't come back until you hear from him. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, basically my faith is that God is a relationship, a two-way relationship between me and God. Churches and institutions may support it or not support it. But my faith is between me and God. Okay. And it's a two-way communication. Now, when, what I mean by that is when you're down and out and you sit down and you just give it up, give it up to whoever your faith is. Uh, you know, there's Buddha, there's Muhammad, there's whatever, uh, you know, give it up. Because when you give it up, you realize you're not alone. Uh -huh. And that's loneliness that gets most people. That's the thing that people are afraid of, at most of all at death, is being alone by themselves. But if you can sense that, that you have a faith, there is something and someone beside yourself, however you define it, and you can give it up to that person. In doing so, you release yourself. And you say, and you start to listen to your body, which may be your faith talking to you. Mm -hmm. And you can start to just kind of calm down and you'll sense that. Uh, we're taught how to meditate before I do, you know, like, we came on the show, I meditate for a couple of minutes, just to calm down. I don't have to say, you know, jump around and say, I'm a Christian this, or I would do this. No, no, no. I just kind of quietly sit down and re relax and control myself. I have a secret to share with your audience. Okay, what is it? <laughs> By meditation, I can control my blood pressure and my pulse rate. When, and some, I can lower it and raise it as needed. So when I get a physical exam, I may have been running down the street to get to the appointment. It's a little high. She's, oh, it's a little high today. I said, wait a minute. And I lowered for her. What would you like it at? I could, and that comes from an ancient, ancient technique of meditation. You can, you can control yourself, which then controls your stress. There's no magic pill. A person has to engage in wanting to do something and being open, being open to change. If you're not open to change, we can't do anything for you. 
So let's talk about meditation a little bit because last night I woke up early and 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 I said, okay. And uh, my mind was just, okay, uh, I'm recording tomorrow. And I I started this, I think it's the four, seven, eight breathing technique where you meditate on your breath and it just puts you right back to sleep. But what I was doing was getting in that, just meditating on my breath. So to listeners who might be not feeling well or feeling stressful, give us just a quick example of, of what meditation might look like. Well, for me. Uh, mm-hmm. meditation is basically being in a very quiet environment you know there are things going outside it has to be quiet and you close your eyes and you kind of figure sometimes i use a timer say for 10 okay. minutes okay just so i know that you know uh wake up <laughs> but mm-hmm. basically i close my eyes and i start focusing on my breathing understanding what's going on with my breathing and just get it nice and regular and begin to feel my body as I'm sitting on the chair, feeling, understanding, recognizing my body, my hands, where we are. And my, this is all with my eyes closed. And gradually, as you breathe slower, you kind of get quieter. And what you're aiming for is to kind of go down into depth, I call it, of your soul, whether you believe mm-hmm. it or not. I just mm-hmm. get super quiet. Now, things do pop into my mind. I've got 30 things I've got to do today, right? Mm-hmm. I, I read about this technique and it works. A idea comes in your mind. You raise your hand and you just push it away from you. Oh, that's good. Just push it away from you and go back to being your quiet self. And another idea comes in from the other side and you just push it away. And you keep getting down into the quietness and just being quiet, just quiet. Even if it's only for three or four minutes, like before this show, or if I'm going somewhere and things are really raucous, uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's important to just kind of calm down. But you can do the same thing uh, while, you're, while you're active and involved. I'll share you another story. Okay. Uh, okay. As, as a firefighter, I was invited to... Uh, ride with a fire chief, one of the battalion fire chiefs in New York City, and I got to ride with him um, in his chief's car going to fires and emergencies. The sirens are going and, you know, everything. And he taught me that you, I, I, the chief, have to calm down as soon as mm-hmm. I arrive at the scene. He's not fighting a fire, but he carries a pair of fireman's gloves. Mm-hmm. He gets out of the car. He doesn't start shouting instructions. He carefully puts the gloves on ever so slowly and fits them to his hands. And that calms him down to look around and see what is the situation before he starts telling people what to do. And that we can all do that when we come into a situation, I come into an emergency situation. I don't fight fires anymore or uh, go on to EMT calls, but the idea of just taking a moment to kind of say, what's going on here? And I'd like to share with your uh, audience three things about options. Okay. I, I, I teach this to people and I tell people, there is a Greek philosopher named Socrates. 
and the town, the city didn't like him, so they wanted to get rid of him, and they came, they brought him up in front of the, and they gave him a cup of poison to drink. Now I asked, I asked people how many options they have, does he have? Well, the usual answer is one. Yes, yes or no, right? Okay, okay, yes and no. I'm not going to take the drink. Okay, I got you. Mm -hmm. But there's a third option. It's a third option that makes our lives less stressful. Let me think about it. Oh, that's pretty funny. Yeah, let me think about it. You know, maybe I'll escape to another city or I'll do something else. But that <laughs> let me think about it, because I've done 800 fires and 2,000 EMS calls, wow. is that let me think about what we have in that fraction of a second to look around and see where I am. What are my options? And maybe I need to drop back for a minute. Or maybe I need to drop back and reconsider this, whatever the situation is at work or at home, or whatever. That that it just takes seconds to look at your third option and drop back a little bit. That's stress reducing. That's a great. I tell you, you're teaching us today, Richard. You know, so what you said you had ten principles. Give us a couple of more principles from that book in 2013 uh, that people can use because we all want just a sense of well-being and to live a stress-free life. Can you just let me grab a copy? Uh-huh, I sure okay. can. And so, you know, everybody, while he's doing that, you know, just think about your life and the stress that's in your life. Uh, I know every day, just like Richard, I, I choose, I have to meditate because sometimes when oh, I get up, again. okay, sometimes okay. when I get up, I have so many things that I want to do. Meditate really calms me down. So Richard, give us some of those principles. Okay. Here's the book. Okay. Uh, under my name, 10 powerful insights for moving beyond a chronic illness and living life to the fullest. Number one, there is life beyond your chronic illness and it's yours to live. Mm, so, so, so that sounds like people can, if they're in the middle of stress and not feeling what they can choose yes, moment absolutely. by moment. Mm -hmm. Everybody can choose and they have options, especially number three. <laughs> <laughs> here's number two carpe diem the latin for seize the day make a large sign with this model and put it where you'll see it every morning today is the only day you have yesterday is no more tomorrow may or may not arrive hold on to today with all your strength make it a day worth remembering by focusing on what is most important to you so if so, if somebody is once again is stressful, they can seize is a powerful. They can take it. Take I'm going to be happy today. Yeah, I am going to. I am going to. I am going to live the best I can today. Mm -hmm. Okay, number three, others will help, but only if you reach out to them. That's good. You know, let me comment on that because we live in such a independent, self-sufficient society, at least in the U.S. Other cultures don't. You know, my mentor from Africa is here and, you know, they have that whole tribal helping each other. Mm -hmm. So when we reach out, uh, I've had people say to me, I didn't know you needed help. 
That's and correct. so for somebody reaching out to get help is pretty big. Oh, big deal. Number four, control fear or it will control you. Mm. Okay. Number five, the antidote to loneliness is found in the heart of a friend, not in a bottle or pill. But, you know, friends are very rare. In the social media thing, a friend is really an acquaintance. Yeah, a so real, true. If we have one real friend, we're very blessed. And two is fantastic. A friend will not try to take you down, will try to help you, sometimes even with positive criticism or help you understand who you are. But they'll be there at your back and take your back when you need it. Uh, I can call firefighters from... 25 years ago and at two o'clock in the morning, they'll say, yeah, Richard, what do you need? But they'll be there. They'll mm. be there. And those are friends. Number six, take responsibility for your actions and improve your health. Mm. What is expound on that? What does that mean, Richard? That people, okay, there's an outcome for everything we do. It's mm -hmm. called action reaction. We do something, uh, we, we decided we're going to eat three, three, meals of fatty food today and we're going to do it every day and mm. then they, uh then they go to the doctor and they're overweight and they say doc do something about my knees mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll complain about the doctor and the knees and not say oh it was these heavy meals that put on the extra weight it was taking responsibility i see that all the time people rationalize it's not my fault hey doc give me a green pill blue pill you know, that kind of thing. So mm -hmm. taking responsibility, especially in addictions, that is really important in addictions to help people. And, uh, you know, I work in the mental units at Bellevue too. Wow. So, um, I get around. Number, <laughs> <laughs> number seven, cast off negative emotions and enjoy a calm mind and peaceful heart. Here it is, that calm mind and mm -hmm. peaceful heart. Number eight, be resilient. Visualize yourself as a full of energy bunning the TV commercials that keeps going and going. You can achieve a new perspective and live a full life, but you have to be able to get up, get going again when something trips you up. In chronic illness, there are endless obstructions that can stop you from moving ahead. Your determination to go around them and keep moving is your badge of courage. Wow. Well, you know, even, uh, you know, on this network and on my show, we talk ab about the power of imagination and visualization, how your subconscious does not know the difference between a lie and a truth. So if you continually imagine I'm getting better every day, I'm feeling great, your subconscious will believe that that's true. You know this better than I do, Richard, mm -hmm. and mess with your brain, start switching your brain, and then it impacts your body. Yeah. When you go to sleep and you kind of see, create, you visualize yourself in some situation where you're doing well. Mm -hmm. I'm doing better than I can walk three steps. I can do this. Whatever it is they're trying to do in PT, you, when you go to sleep, doing that, you've created a video for yourself. And mm. when you come to the real situation, that video can take over. I can take those three steps now I couldn't do yesterday. So that's the visualization. That's good. Number nine, I really encourage this. Do something enjoyable every day. What makes you smile, laugh, relax, and feel good? 
What takes you out of an illness mood and makes you happy? What's your favorite happy activity? Listening to music, going for a walk, reading a book, chatting with a friend, watching a good movie, whatever it is, do something every day that makes you happy. It will make you glad to be alive. Well, you know, Richard, before we uh, started recording, I said, Richard, how young are you? And when you told me your age, uh, I said, and you were laughing about, I said, you're playful and you have fun. And that may be one of the reasons. And what did you say your wife said? Your late wife said, yeah, three sons and a kid that never grew up. (laughs) (laughs) I think laughter and joy is important in healing and well-being. In proportion, Mm -hmm. in proportion, you know, uh, it can, uh, whatever the situation is, uh, I guess I joke around a lot. There's always a little bit of humor and everything, even with black humor, you know, Mm -hmm. dark humor. Mm -hmm. Uh, Here's number 10, the last one spirituality will give you wings to fly over your illness. The trials and tribulations of a chronic illness can trap you in a mental cocoon of negativity, a virtual prison. You have the greatest source of energy on earth at your disposal, your human spirit. Use Uh it to break free of your illness mindset and let your spirit spirituality raise you to a height where you can see what opportunities await you. This is possible and achievable. Believe and it will happen. Wow. I love those. I mean, you know, just listening to those, it brings hope to people. So we know, we know we got all kinds of people listening and watching Richard. So, so if somebody is stressed for right now, when you say spirituality, how can we tap into that? What would that look like? I know it's different for everybody. I think it's different for everybody. But I think spirituality says, I'm not alone. Oh, that's good. I'm not alone. It could be just a friend. It doesn't have to be a religion. It doesn't have to be a faith. I deal with people of faith and no faith in the hospital. I never go and ask them what their faith is. I say, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll share a story with you. Okay. Uh, I don't want to take much of your time. Uh, I'm sitting in the chaplain's office uh, and a phone call comes in and this woman said, my brother's in the hospital. Uh, He was baptized Catholic and he hates the Catholic church. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That's not something I, that's not unfamiliar. Mm -mm. But she says, I would like to ask you to go visit him. She's a practicing Catholic. Could you Mm -hmm. go, uh, go visit him? I said, sure. And I walked in his room. I wear a consulting, the white consulting coat. Mm-hmm. Uh, I leave my stethoscope outside. And on it, it says deacon, but nobody reads what's on your coat. And I said, hey, guy, how come you're alive? Mm. He was shocked. I said, well, the standard is that if you fall higher than six times your height, you're dead. And you fell seven times. So you shouldn't supposed to be alive. And that started our conversation. Right? Wow, that's so about great. Him, you know, because I, I, I know what the requirements are. It was a way of triggering him to, to share his story with me. And I was with him probably 15, 20 minutes. And at the very end, he, he, I identified myself as a Catholic deacon. He said, Deacon, will you come back and visit me again? Mm-hmm. So I've done what was important was to lift him out of the negativity against mm-hmm. an institution. And let's talk about him and lifting him out of his chronic illness, his illness and so on. And that's, that's my job. 
Not going to get paid for it, but you left my job. So do you feel that when people are maybe not feeling their best or under a lot of stress, does having a purpose or feeling like, well, you know, this is what I I, want to live to see my daughter graduate. Does having a purpose-driven mindset, is that important? I would modify that slightly. Okay. I'm really heavy on helping other people, even with the phone call, sending a card. I know that's old-fashioned. We don't mail things. I have a few stamps left. But uh, (laughs) uh, doing something for someone else takes your mind off yourself so true and that's really important i keep but people have reasons for not doing it i'd rather sit here and dwell in my sorrow than looking out that there's someone who needs i could help and when you help someone else it changes your whole uh mentality it does i know of uh, hey it's my story time now richard i know of, knew of a lady whose husband died and i think they were married for like 50 years and she was of course mourning and she was she had gotten sick but she was great at baking and so her therapist told her uh I want you to bake a cake for your, and everybody in the neighborhood do it, knew it. I want you to bake a cake for your neighbor across the street. So she baked the cake. Of course, she was still sad, took it over there to the neighbor. And the neighbor was like, saw her a couple of days and said, oh my God, my children came over and it was just the best cake. They want to know if you could bake them a cake. So what happened was just like you said, Richard, she began to help other people. Uh, she began to bake cakes. And that is what pulled her out of her mourning, gave her life again. And as small as that seemed, if people would do that, that could really change their lives. Yes, yes. And that, I, you know, that is the whole key. It need not be a, a gigantic project. It's just some little thing you did for someone else change your view of yourself as a Mm -hmm. giver not a receiver and that really makes a big difference a cup of water for the the gardener or something like this Mm -hmm. things like that richard you're so full of wisdom anything else you want to share with people about just living well and living a life of well-being and as stress-free as possible. I'm, I'm going to adopt your uh, changing my blood pressure meditation uh, <laughs> technique. So, <laughs> Well, I, I think that uh, I have, the new book I have is about racism. Mm. The fact that how did Janie, my late wife, and I deal with racism as young adults trying to start our career. Uh, I write in the book, uh, I took her 167 letters and made with 700 handwritten pages back in 1960 and made 12 categories and did an introduction of what the world was like in 1960 since the depression. And I did 12 categories. I analyzed her personality. And before she died, I did an oral history because I'm a public historian and she tells her life. So the bookends are her diary, basically her letters were like a diary. She said everything and her oral history at the end where she said, this is my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the process of dealing with being a person of color, it has never stopped. It so you're, stopped. you're Asian. Are yes. you Asian? Okay. Yes. The, okay. And so 
growing up Asian in 
Oh, wow. So they can get that on Amazon yeah, and can Amazon, they? Uh, Barnes and Nobles, Love Letters from Janie. Uh, there is a website called, I'll spell it out. It's Chu, my name, writes. So it's one word, C-H-E-U-W-R-I-T-E-S.com. TrueWrites.com will lead you to the website. It also has an email address if someone wants to contact me. Okay, wow. Can they also get your book that you published in 2013, Living yes. Well with Chronic Illness? So when they go to that website, that book is available also. Yes, well, yes, you can go be sure to spell out my name and, and the title, uh, but it's still available. Yes. And, well, uh, good. Uh, I tell you what, this has been so wonderful and you have just given us such great information. Listeners, I always say it's not what you hear, but it's what you do. Listen to this over and over again, if you know somebody who's really struggling physically or under a lot of stress or maybe not in a place of well-being, share this podcast with them. And Richard, you are such a blessing. This has been an enriching show. Everybody, make sure that you go to his website and get those books and read them. And uh, it's been an honor to connect with you. Well, it's been an honor to be on your show. Thank you very much. You're so welcome. Everybody make a decision. You got a choice, one, two, or three. Make a decision that you're going to have a great week. Uh, Remember that you are a powerful manifester and that all week long you are creating with your thoughts, with what you believe, with your imagination, with your words and your emotions. Have a great week. Thank you, Richard. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Think, Believe, and Manifest. Constance Arnold will be back next week with another great show just for you. For more information, please visit fulfillingyourpurpose.com.